last weekend, you? Yes, brilliant, thank you. So we're on week five. Ah. Week five, the NK project. Um, I'm quite impressed what people have been doing though so far. Uh, I know obviously I think a lot of people have been going out and not on social media as much, which is understandable. But in the background, we have been, as a lot of you know, replying back to you personally, uh, messaging back. I think Kate sent a little prompt to see how people were going to make sure you're okay. Mm -hmm. um, but if you ever are struggling with anything, that is when you need us the most. So if you yeah. still feel like you have to go quiet because something's not right, if there's something we can help with, help you stay on track, you're like, look, this and this is happening in my life. How can I still stay on track despite all this happening? Yeah. What shall I focus on? Yeah, I'm going to do it on the Facebook page. You can do it direct to us. So Exactly. You can always send an email. You broadcast it unless you want to. Yeah, you can just say it to the NK uh, project at the nagpersonaltrainer.co.uk. So, uh, before we get started, I wanted to do this. So, uh, Kate, any PBs last week? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> celebrate our week wins. Because I don't think anyone ever hears about mine and Kate's wins. So, this is this is our win. So, last week, you go first, Kate. Yeah, well, last week, we went into the gym to do our one rep maxes, didn't we? We did. We did. And I managed a 50k bench press, boop, 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 boop. a 70k mm. squat, oh. and a 100 and... Five. <laughs> Without counting 110. Kilo deadlift. <laughs> I did do 110, it, but by that point it yeah. just went horribly. It wrong. moved it I moved got... off the floor. That was the main she picked it up and she put it down. Yeah, I got the bar off the floor and I stood up straight. How I got there, no one really needs it's to like, know. It's like a blur. <laughs> it never <laughs> happened. Um, and yeah, then that, that was a pretty good win. Yeah, it was. And then uh pull up, she banged like twelve on the hand pull ups. Oh yeah, twelve at the end. Ups, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I did 65k squat. So I was quite happy with because I'm, I'm about 55 kilograms, so I'm doing over my body weight now, and you're doing over yours too. But mm. about the same, we're at 10k over, aren't we? Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Near enough. Um, and then bench 47.5, which is good for me because that's not my strongest. So I did that body symmetry like you did, and I'm now um, intermediate on the bench. And I forgot, because of your age, Kate, because it classes in the age category, but you'll come out like intermediate proficient, which is cool to be fair. I think yes, I think I did. I come out proficient on the was it my squat? Mm. Well, I can't remember, but I think a couple of them I did, yeah. And that's because basically what that means is as we get older, commonly we don't people don't tend to do weight training when they get older. It's just that's basically what it is. There's not enough figures who do it. So like say if you do a race yeah. and you start getting to the over fifties, the over sixties, if you're quite like you know, you train hard and you get good times as you would have done. 10 years ago um you stay pretty advanced it's because i'd like, say a lot of older people and women particularly as well don't do weight training and they should yeah. <laughs> you have to yeah, do i'm the... assuming um, yeah. the app that we use compares it to presumably compares it to people of the same age does it yeah same age yeah, and so women who yeah, yeah. lift at your age as well so it's all based on lifters Mind you, it does say i'm actually wondering because it does say that to put in your age is optional yes but so you yeah, could just I'll get a general i don't know i think leave it in because it shows it is quite impressive like some of my clients who do it um they're older than you and when they hit 60 they're even more it closes the gap more for them so yeah, they become yeah. more which i think's cool because i mean when i turn 50 i want to be proficient at, my, at that level um you know that's life goals um and speaking of which, obviously, we wouldn't be able to lift that heavy or that well if we don't rest properly, which this week's about sleep. And me and Kate like our sleep, and this is why, so we can lift heavy. <laughs> so I'm just going to grab my notes. So what we're going to cover today in sleep. Uh, now, some of you might be like, what the hell is this to do with, say, getting results? It means everything sleep, I'm dead honest with you. I, more than I, everyone realizes yeah I, I think it's actually slightly more important than calories only slightly only because people neglect it it's kind of oh I, I can i don't need to sort my sleep it's fine be okay as it is mm -hmm. you know we're gonna explain why sleep is important especially for training uh for fat loss uh for performance uh just for mental health as well we're going to explain the effects, uh, how sleep affects your fat loss results, because that's a big one that gets affected hugely. Yeah. And I mean, Kate's going to finish off with some sleep hygiene tips as well, because this week's mini challenge is to create a relaxing bedtime routine. And we'll share what we do ourselves yeah. personally 
and we've got some little I'll ideas. A little sciencey bits if you don't get round to. Yeah, them. go for it. We like we like sciencey bits. We like well, it. sort of yeah, just in relation to fat loss mm. and how it affects all of that. Yeah, jump in, Kate. Wherever yeah. you come up with, you know, we like to surprise each other. So mm-hmm. sleep. Why is it important? Why is it not important? To be honest with you, well, sleep's important because you, it's to make sure you are to be the best of you. That is why you need adequate sleep. When you say the best of you, you mean best at your job, best at being who you are as a person, uh, to support your mental well-being, to support your immune system as well. As it, you know, requires repair of the body when you sleep, which is your cells, your immune system, and your growth hormone. If you're training. Again, if you don't have adequate sleep, that growth hormone, which helps, you know, get your muscles stronger and repair, is not going to happen. So you end up with more muscle breakdown than muscle growth. I mean, yes, you do break muscle down when you train. But if you don't have adequate rest, adequate protein or adequate amount of fuel, then that balance shifts and it ends up being more breakdown than growth, which you want the way around, really. Especially if you're doing fat loss as well, even more so because your body is already in a catabolic state where we're breaking things down. So that becomes even more important sleep for that. Um, it changes your perspective on how you see the world. So when you have a shit night's sleep, how negative do you feel for the rest of the day? I'm not going to lie, Kate. Even my perception changes if I have a really bad night's sleep. How about yeah. yours? No, absolutely, yeah. It does. Like, I'm already like, all my training's going to be crap. Um... I've got to do all this admin, I've got to do my banking, even that, I just, it's like I can't work as efficient or as fast as I want to, and I feel like yeah. it's, it's a bit and like... anything like me, you kind of spend the day daydreaming about when you're going to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, for me, I find I relate it a bit when you've been training and training, not done a deload, it feels like, that feels like things feel stickier, the memory's a bit Sluggish. foggier, yeah. Because it affects your memory, doesn't it? Like to sleep, it it's, it's there to strengthen your memory. To, uh, I think you've mentioned this before. It sort of categorises what you should and shouldn't remember, shouldn't it, in your sleep? Yes, I think so. Yes, because when you sleep, um, that's when your brain, that's when your brain is basically, I don't know what the word Downloaded is. Downloaded almost. Oh, the thing I used, um, it, it's like a massage for the brain, isn't it, when yeah. you sleep? So, um, do when you have a full night's sleep, your whole brain gets massaged, if you like. So if you cut it short, it doesn't. So what the brain does, what it will do, it will focus on what you've used that day mm. um, and basically work on it and make sure everything is where it is. And that includes like your short and long-term memory. So you'll find that your short-term memory will suffer if you don't sleep. So if you cut short your sleep, all of those bits that you've used the day before won't get massaged. Yeah. I, it's just fast. I just find sleep so fascinating, and I wish I, I learned all this years ago. It is, yeah. It and is. the biggest one I didn't know until when did I find this out? I know. Well, when I found out, I clicked. I was like, God, that explains why I feel that way. When I've had a bad night's sleep, I'm starving. I am constantly yeah. hungry. I can't get full, no matter how much protein or fiber or water. I just feel hungry all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it me- it basically messes with uh, the hormones. So you again, it's why sleep's important. It balances the hormones, especially the hunger hormones. So you've got ghrelin, which is your hungry hormones. Think like a gremlin going, ah, eat, eat, eat. And you've got leptin. Think think lazy, lethargic. It's like, no, nah, you've had enough now. You're fine. Yeah. It just, you're full. You're okay. And yeah. the new study I've seen recently, now they were saying that, I think it is still the case because it depends who they study on as well. But the last one, well, the one I looked at months ago on my nutrition course, as far as I know, it was up to date. But your ghrelin increases about to 10 to 15% and your leptin does the same, decreases when you have a poor night's sleep. I think it's anything less than four yeah. hours and then you can get up to about 10%. And that's why you feel more hungry for the day. So again, for fat loss, this is why people struggle with their sleep, struggle with their weight usually. Yeah one way or another yeah, you're you're effectively getting a double whammy aren't you because your um your ghrelin is increased which makes you hungrier and your leptin is decreased which is your fullness sort of hormone. satisfaction hormone so in actual fact you're on a no win <laughs> yeah it's really difficult and clients i work with who really struggle with their sleep especially menopause women big time because yeah. they can't sleep anyway because uh, yeah. they're hot or they haven't had treatment yet for the menopause. Rule number 101, mm-hmm. if you're struggling with premenopausal symptoms, go and get it sorted, go get it checked out and do not wait. Absolutely, yeah. 
you know, be persistent. I know we shouldn't have to be, but be persistent and get your treatment sorted, whether it's HRT or any other treatment you're going to go for. Uh, so that's why I'm always big on that, especially people go, oh, it's because of my hormones. You know, I just have to accept I'm going to be. It's like, no, you don't have to be a statistic. You don't have to accept that's the way you're going to be. You know, at least do everything you can. Mm. Otherwise, yeah, you'll look back and be like, oh, I should have done this. It's like, when you think about it, action it. Don't hesitate. Just do it. Mm. It's like we said to you guys about setting out your non-negotiables or your training, like when you're going to exercise. Don't hesitate. As soon as you've written that plan you are to action it as quickly as possible so you're yeah. thinking slow by planning putting in what you need checking it's achievable what you're doing then you've got to react quickly you've got to implement it straight away don't wait for the best day to do things just do it no matter how shit your day yeah. is um especially when i band out of sleep still action it <laughs> because it's the other thing i think when also because again your perception's different um again how does this so i'm going to go into basically now how it affects your fat loss results so first off yeah you've got the hormones like kate said it's already setting you it makes it harder not impossible it makes it harder to be adherent so harder to adhere to a calorie deficit because you're more likely to crave foods that you enjoy because your mood's lower due to lack of sleep because your mood's lower you're going to seek pleasure it's like that um what we explained a few weeks ago with calories that vicious cycle we have we feel like shit and we want to get from feeling like shit to feeling great as quickly as possible and as convenient as possible and your first port of call is food when you've had poor sleep you're in a mood what is the most convenient thing right there it's gonna be food it's 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 basically your your body when it doesn't have enough sleep is almost is um what was the term i read it's like it's crying famine yeah no there is stuff there's an abundance of food and that there to eat it's it's so sleep deprived that it's it's going into survival mode so it's making you crave all those hedonistic foods and you know the high energy foods and things like that because it's trying to it's trying to keep you going it's trying to keep you keep you alive yeah basically yeah it's just it's a survival mechanism built into us mm. uh, you know and the human body's fascinating for that but now we're in a we're in a position in this country. I know other countries aren't, sadly, but we're a bit in a Western co- uh, country. And I think everyone on this group, you've got food very highly available. It's not like you have a, so- a shortage of food, is it? And because it's there available, this is where our primitive um, need to survive and eat goes against us almost. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you, you're not starving for weeks on end anymore. The food You're like hungry for an hour and the food's right there. Um, and you've got to remember, you know, hunger comes and goes. Even when you're sleep deprived, hunger does come and go. And, you know, if it, what I, t- I, mean, I do this on a Saturday morning, I've been doing it as an experiment. So I tend to have a later and bigger meal on a Friday night. And I actually, so I don't eat until I've come back from my fitness class. And I found them all right. It comes a little bit just before. And then I don't pay, I don't notice it throughout. And yeah. I don't feel faint. I don't feel weak. Uh, I was exactly the same because I didn't eat before that camp. Well, we had, a, we had a big smoking ride, didn't we, on Friday? Yeah, and I was, I was thinking it was going to like destroy me doing that camp on Saturday, but it didn't. And I must admit, I didn't. That feeling of hunger initially, it did. It just went. Yeah, it comes and goes in waves. I mean, I ate as soon as I came back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, I was. To be fair, after I dropped you off, I was marvin. I was ready to eat there. I could tell because yeah. I feel my blood sugars drop. Uh, I'm not diabetic for anyone knows. I just know what it feels like to have blood sugar drop. So I go very clammy. Um, I not feel mm-hmm. faint, but I feel a bit fuzzy. So I, I get kind of that feeling. Yeah, and my mood starts changing. I feel a bit um, not aggressive. <laughs> I feel a bit angsty. I feel ir- irritable very easily. So yeah. as soon as I got in, I had food there ready. So I already prepared something to have like you did when I got back, really quick to put together. And... And that's what I mean, what I said the other week. You can experiment as long as, again, if you're diabetic or anything like that, please go get checked at doctors before doing anything like that because that's different when it comes to you've got a medical implication with blood sugars. But if you're all well and okay, you can experiment with just seeing when you actually are first hungry in the morning because a lot of you actually probably don't need to eat first thing. And a lot of people go, oh, but breakfast kickstarts metabolism. Whenever you have your first meal kickstarts your metabolism, doesn't matter when 
doesn't matter if it's at lunch, it's not going to slow it down, it's not going to cause you to get fat. Even mm-hmm. I used to believe that, guys, as a PT, I used to believe that mm-hmm. until I discovered how to actually read research papers, which I'm still learning to this day. So it's not going to hinder anything. So yeah. I would say if you're very sleep deprived and you've had a shit night's sleep, and I would probably do this myself in future, if I do generally feel very hungry and a bit faint and a bit off, I will eat first thing after a bad night's sleep. And I'll opt for very high protein, very high fibre foods because I know I'm going to feel not satiated all day. I will probably opt for less caffeine, actually, just so I sleep that night. Mm. And also find out why I didn't sleep well. If it's just generally because of some noise or something like that, then I need to sort that myself. If it's because my mattress needs turning, the pillars weren't puffed right, I went on my phone before bed or I had alcohol then I know probably not to have alcohol that next night because it disturbs my sleep or not a big heavy meal. That also disturbs my sleep, which is why I say, Kate, you joke about me eating late, early. It's the main one is actually because it does affect my sleep. Even yeah. when we yeah. went out, because it's a big meal, uh, I wasn't, I said to you, I don't feel full, fully rested. It's If yeah. I say eight, eight o'clock at night, that meal, for example, I would have been worse. I probably would have only had four hours sleep. So that's yeah. why I favour eating earlier. It's just because yeah. of the and I think some people, are, some people are different in that they kind of go the other way around, don't they? Some mm. people like to go to bed feeling full. Feeling full. Yeah, no, I hate, I hate, I don't mind going to bed feeling comfortably satisfied with food. Um, and I will have something lighter later because people go, oh, you eat quite early, your tea. It is tea, Kate. So, yeah, and I'm up from half past five. I'm up from half past five. Don't forget. So I am ravenous in the morning. I'm generally yeah. very hungry first thing in the week. Uh, probably because I'm full of a bit about anxiousness and anxiousness and getting ready for work, like we all have. Yeah. Uh, I'll have like a mid morning snack. So I eat at six pretty much, and I'm gonna have to eat again at like ten, eleven. I can hold off to about eleven later. So if I'm busy all morning, again hunger comes and goes. I just don't notice. I'm busy. I've got loads of hydration. I have a couple couple cups of coffee in the morning, but I will stop caffeine. Latest I'll have a coffee. It's like half one. I'll have nothing after two o'clock, apart from maybe tea at a push, because I will not sleep. Um, So that's my kind of routine of how I do eat personally. And then, like I say, so I'm the early lunch. So I actually ate before we came on tea today, because I'm training at one. Whereas, Kate, you might have something light and eat after, just varies from person to person. And then my next meal will be about four o'clock, but I am hungry. I'm ready for it, so I need it. Mm. It's not, um, and I have done it where I've tried to get past. I'm like, no, I feel don't feel right. Like I feel very anxious, very aggressive. So I'm like, not aggressive, but wrong word, irritable, <laughs> irritable. irritable. I don't want to go to my evening clients feeling irritable. So mm. I make sure I have eaten, and then I'll have something light when I get in before I go to bed. So I like things like yogurt and fruit before I go to bed. That's my go-to usually. Yeah, um, that's what I normally have. So it is a case of experimentating, guys and girls, like how you would do it. Like even you eat when you eat could affect when you sleep. And just bear in mind, if you do have a bad night's sleep, I'd say lots of fibre, lots of protein, plenty of water that day as well. If you've got the time, go and have a half an hour nap. No more than an hour, though, because you'll feel like crap, uh, which we'll get onto in a bit. So, and not after 3 p.m., and after, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I don't, I've never napped after three. No, oh God, messes up. I think, yeah, if, if you nap during the day, you can catch up on your sleep if you if you mm. have a nap during the day. But I think any later, yeah. I think they say any later than three and you potentially have an issue falling asleep that night. Exactly, yeah. So I'm just going to go into, to no, go on. Have you got something to say? <laughs> Me? I'm talking to the dog. Oh, the dog. Oh, yeah, hello. Yeah. Oh, I just see it. Sorry, I took up my notes. Oh. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, he's got everything to say. He just has to exist. I know, yeah. Um, for those who are listening on the podcast, basically, uh, Kate's, right, dog, yeah. Kate's, dog, <laughs> Kate's dog's Bailey is just chilling. Like, come on to camera. This is why you have to watch the Zoom. It's way more fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go into why, when we have lack of sleep, how it affects us, like I've just explained there. So, you get 40% drop in memory, you know, if you have four or less hours sleep. 40%, mm. man. That's a lot, isn't it? I yeah. think. I believe that, though, because I do feel very groggy and a bit forgetful. Of that. It's very rare that I had had a poor night's sleep. Oh, my God, it hits me. Um, mm. Increase in risk of disease. So this is associated with sleep. So mental illness is a big one. So anxiety, depression, uh, work-related stress or stress in general. Again, because that perception, that's why it affects, affects you. But that's why they say sleep on it when you've had a bad day because it can massively mm. change perfect, per, uh, perception when you uh, get up. Um, once again, it's when your your neurons and things in your brain are being recharged and put together, and it's when your 
your brain kind of separates things out where it put, you know, when it puts your memories into long-term and this, that, and the other. So it kind of cements the things you've learned. So if you want to learn something, the ideal would be to read it and take it in just before bed. And then during the night, yeah, it's it downloads it's... that learning through the night. I think it's why some people don't they fall asleep with, um, you know, podcasts mm. and things playing, if they want to learn a language or learn See, something. See, they do say that. I'm weird like that. When I, re- when I try to read stuff to study before bed, I don't have a very restful night. <laughs> I'm the other way around. Um, yeah, I guess it depends possibly what you're, yeah. what you're reading. I can yeah. read it in the afternoon. I always find that's fine personally mm. for me. Um, like when I st- I'll tell you an example. I'll study for my cardio... Uh, oh, what was it called? Cardiac, cardiac rehab course I was doing, which is level four, which is quite in detail. It's like one up from personal training. And I was reading it before bed, taking the study notes in, but yeah, it was far too much. So yeah. I just found I kept waking up thinking about it because my brain was probably trying to download it. So what I yeah. would do in the future, I would read a bit before bed, but then read a fiction book and then I'd probably be able to download it better. But again, yeah. some people can really read stuff like that. I'd be absolutely fine. It's just, again, I experimented because I wanted to do that, see if it would download. But I do get me wrong, I remembered it well because I've spat it out all well in my Viva. I had to do a speaking exam and because it is about memory at the end of the exams mm-hmm. uh, as well as taking the knowledge. So, yeah, but you're right, though. I know the language one's supposed to be a good one. Yeah. That yeah. was quite cool. Uh, so, yeah, you get 40% drop in memory, which I think appears would affect your mood and everything, how you feel, which, again, you're less inclined to train, you're less motivated, you're less disciplined. It all follows on, which is why it would affect fat loss uh, results or even strength goals as well. Uh, increased risk of disease, so heart disease, mental illness, diabetes, etc. They're all been linked to palsy. But, again, I think that's to do with because of the hunger hormones massively on that one uh, and also mental illness because of perception. Uh, the hunger hormones, like I said, they become imbalanced, like I, sh- I shared to you. The recent study I looked at was actually, it was based on people having four hours sleep. It was on men, though, not women, which annoys me when you do that because mm, women are a bit yes, different. Yes, it doesn't take into account all the hormones. Yeah, I'll, like that, I'll try and find a study for it, uh, which I was a bit disappointed, especially for menopause. Uh, there probably is stuff out there. If this was on mm. PubMed, it's hit and miss on their research papers. But it was um, basically your ghrelin can increase, like I said, by about 10% based on just four hours sleep. Now, some of you on here might be like, but you're not sleep specialists. No, we are staying our lane. This is stuff we have learned on our courses. I learned a lot of this actually on my mental health awareness course. Because it, and that's uh, on where who you're doing your personal trainer course through, Kate. So, yeah. you know, it's all links. And so when people go about personal training it's just about doing a training session we have it's, it's evolved huge we're like life coaches now pretty much you know we, that's why there's mental health awareness courses there's pre and postnatal there's uh the obesity courses there's lower back pain courses it's it's so hugely linked uh, even nutrition now the course i did it links sleep into it sleep was so huge yeah, on there's a massive uh, area on it actually to study on the course and saying like if your client struggle with sleep it's not impossible to get fat loss results if you struggle with sleep because some of you may generally, it might be you've done all the sleep hygiene stuff and it might be you, you struggled for years with sleep because of maybe trauma or something's happened or a job you've had where you're required to have weird sleep patterns because I understand that people do shift work or they've had one person know her their partner was seriously ill and they'll be waking up in the night checking their breathing and now they can't settle in sleep because it's like their adrenaline kicks in. Yeah. As if they've got to wake up to check on their partner. So it's like their melatonin kicks in at first and then they just don't stay asleep restfully. But with that, I would say, with that circumstance, you need to go to therapy to find, uh, to get that sort. And yeah. then people go, oh, I yeah. don't like talking, but if it's going to help your sleep, go and do it. Or it might be you need to go to a sleep specialist to look at. So if you do really struggle with your sleep, if you are insomnic or you don't get a restful night's sleep or you're a snore and you're not breathing properly, Guys, again, like menopause, like I just said, go and get it checked out. Do not okay, leave. Yeah. Sleep is too important to ignore. Ever so I was reading that there are a few scientists who are actually lobbying the doctors to get them to actually prescribe yeah. sleep, not sleeping pills. No, no, but actually work thing. on the sleep. Don't go there. Um, too many health scares about that. But yeah, what they're trying to do is to get doctors to prescribe sleep. Yeah. Actually. My idea is a PT, you know, when people go, when I give them their homework to do, one client just had a, because uh, I do online PT and they was looking at their sleep and they had a couple of disturbed nights. 
it's rare for them. They've got a young one and she went to see her sister. So when you're in a different home, I think that affects it a little bit too. You're yeah. a bit excitable. So there's a little bit of alcohol there. It's probably affecting sleep, which is fine. But the first thing I prescribed her to do as a PT is we are pretty much prescribing you exercise. We prescribe you nutrition. We prescribe you um, your daily steps. We're doing that like a doctor almost. And I prescribed her a sleep routine. That's basically what I did. Yeah. That. She was... Yeah. She was. At, this is what I mean with setting your like say with your homework this week. Setting yourself a sleep routine. She was going to try and do nine o'clock in the at night until I think six seven in the morning. And I said, right, okay, you could probably do that because you've got your little in. But could you do that with obviously spending time with your partner? Because you know, normally that's the only time to get a bit of downtime because the child is young. And I looked at her sleep pattern. She goes, no, I'm going to try it. So we experimented, we tried it, and it turns out it wasn't sustainable. We could tell. It was just getting later. It became all over the place. And I said, right, try 10, 10.30 for me. And since then, it's been 10.30 till 6 every single night. Hmm. And she said yeah. the difference in her mood after one week of decent sleep and having a regular sleep pattern. Hmm. I think she was thinking now in a copy because I say I go to bed at nine, but I don't sleep straight away. I'm sitting up and reading for an hour. You know, I wind down because I, I, I'm on my phone yeah, pretty much it. most of the day and on a screen watching telly for bed. So it's like some people can sit with a telly in the room and I can't. I can't do that. I'm very sensitive to stuff like that. So I prefer no light. I like to have a low lamp by me and I've got my book out and, it, and it's a paper book. It's not even a Kindle because they're even saying now, even Kindles, even these blue light protections, it's not enough for sleep. Most people are too overstimulated because we're constantly yeah. scrolling for shit all the time. Um it's like I always made about my social media, like it's quite hard for a business running off there at the moment because it's so saturated. But at the same time, I think people are trying to not be on social media too much. So it could be that as well, which is good, you know, in that sense. Mm. Uh, it's just about me being a bit smart, probably how I do things or where I post them, perhaps. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, you can see hugely how it would affect your fat loss because it's lacking of energy. You then lack motivation, which that is not the most reliable source anyway. I think it does hinder your discipline hugely because of that yeah. perception, again, of how you feel about things. So like I said, this week for your homework is to create a relaxing sleep routine, whether you do shift work, you know, it doesn't matter. It has got to be the same time going to bed because I know some of you it's impossible, but you want to make sure the relaxing routine is the same. So Kate's going to reel off some tips and facts about that to help us out. Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, that with the fat loss... Yeah. I've got a little study here, actually. Go for it, yeah, fire away. Even on top of the fact that you've got your ghrelin, which has increased, your hunger hormone, and your leptin, which is decreased, which is the one that makes you feel full after you've eaten. So you've got that going on. Now, if you're sleep-deprived and you're dieting, yes, you will lose weight. But if you're in a calorie deficit, as we know, you you are going to lose uh, lose fat. But what they're saying is, is that your that loss will come from lean muscle mass rather than fat. With poor sleep, yeah. Because yeah, because your body's doing that. Oh God, crisis, and it's trying to cling on to the fat. Um, so and, you, and your muscles feel it. Yeah, which was some people who were studied over a fortnight. They were overweight, mm. um, and there was one group that had five and a half hours sleep, and the other group that had eight and a half hours sleep. They're all on a diet, so they were doing the same calories, the same activity. All of that was all identical based on them. Um, the people that had the less sleep lost 70%. Well, 70% of their weight loss was from their lean body mass. Wow. Whereas the ones who had the eight and a half hours sleep, they had more than 50% fat loss. Wow. And preserved their muscle. Wow, man. So that's huge. That's, so that's a big thing, yeah. So whilst yeah. you might lose weight, you might find that it's not coming from where you want it to. Yeah. Um, the other thing I found out was it actually affects your um, your gut. Yes, well. I've read this. No, go on. Yeah. yeah. So when you sleep, that's your body um, redressing your nervous system, so your fight or flight um system if yeah you like. yeah your adrenaline yeah um yeah so therefore when you sleep or rather if you haven't had enough sleep you're constantly in high alert mode and it increases cortisol which yep is stress hormone which is what happens when we're menopausal yeah um and then basically that means that you're not absorbing all the nutrients that you're eating through that day properly yes i've seen so the study on that all your gut and your microbiome and all that sort of stuff 
Um, so that can lead to stomach problems and all of that sort of it's thing. It's interesting you're saying um, that because I bet that's linked massively with menopause as well, that yeah, situation. Yeah, I'm there. sure. Mm. But I've got a scary little fact first before we go on to the nice little thing. Oh, God, Kate, you and your anxiety and scary facts. <laughs> it was basically that the question was, can a lack of sleep kill you? Well, they do say, don't they? You, know, yeah. you, you can die of lack of sleep, don't they? That sounds a bit grim and a bit extreme, but yeah. yeah. And this scientist was basically saying that there is a rare genetic disorder where very few people yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, develop progressive insomnia. Yes. So it basically keeps getting worse and worse. They get to midlife where they've already now lost um, basic brain function and yeah. body function. It's too essential, um, isn't it? Yeah, and within a couple of weeks of then, they actually stop sleeping altogether. They physically cannot sleep. Oh, Obviously, this is extremely rare. Yeah, yeah. This is like this is like. Yeah, basically, within twelve months of that, they will be dead. God, well, it would be, wouldn't you? Because there's no repair. Yeah. There's no repair going on the body. Yeah. So I, yeah, I could see how that could happen. And it's not scary, people... but they're they're kind of using that as an example that yes, the lack of sleep will kill you. But the other thing you say is that. Most of the car accidents that happen are due to people who are drowsy driving. Yeah, because we do, we are, I think, in, in particular this country, the UK, because of how work life is in the UK, it's all about working long hours. You know, doing all this, doing all you're not you're not hustling if you're not working off, you know, you need to run on yeah. four hours. You know, you see these celebrities get I run on four hours sleeping, it's like bullshit probably. You're probably just doing that for social media. Um, you know, when they look well rested and well groomed, I think mm, there's not a bit of bullshit here, you know, there's no chance. Yeah. because uh, if I run on less than six hours sleep, I am awful. I can't be the best I can be for my yeah. business. And I think it's this mentality, isn't it, that you just got to grind and grind and grind to get where you are. To, yeah. You know, remember the sleep is for the weak, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's seen as a sign of weakness to sleep too yeah. long. And it's like, no. And the, like, oh, that's a study I should have brought up. The women need more sleep than men. That is actually a thing. And this is why I'm annoyed about the studies doing it just with men. Because I'm like, well, why aren't you not doing it with women? Because we need a different amount of sleep usually. Yeah. Uh, I think... Not all women, like I'm the classic seven to nine hours. I'm always in between that ratio as long as I get a seven minimum, I'm absolutely fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the weekends, yeah, I'll sleep a little bit longer um, just because I can. Uh, and, well, I listen to my body. If I'm ready to get up, uh, even if it's early, I'll just get up because I think staying in bed yeah. longer makes you feel like shit, actually. Um, so I just get up and go do stuff. But yeah, they do say women need a little bit longer. I can't remember why it was top of my head. I don't know if it's to do with the hormones or... Well, I would imagine it, it's, it's probably I, so, I think it's to do with the memory, actually. I'm sure it's okay. the memory. Yeah. I think it's that because we take a little bit longer, like you said, with the processing mm. of it, especially as we get older because we're more prone to Alzheimer's and more prone to mental illness as well. So I think it's linked yes. to that top of my head. Actually, we're not sleep specialists. This is stuff we research ourselves no, no, yeah. and what's covered yeah. on the course in our lane. We basically as PTs will encourage you to have good sleep hygiene, which could you give some examples, Kate, how to uh, improve a sleep, a relaxing routine or how to improve your sleep hygiene? Yeah, well, we've got the one, this is sort of building on the points that I've put in the um, focus sheet. So you'll notice in the, in the focus sheet, there's a good few... Yeah, you put some examples, um, haven't you? ...tips there. So just sort of building on that, I would say um, exercise mm. is always good during the day for your sleep. Yeah. So you need that to be able to sleep well. Um, if possible, try not to do it too late in the day. Because I've done that, up, yeah. You know, you get in your... You know, your sort of everything's... Your adrenaline to high, so, not yeah. down, yeah. Your dopamine's uh, not dopamine, your melatonin struggling to yeah. um, so in an ideal yeah. world, two or three hours yeah. between your exercise and bed, if possible. That's not always easy for a lot of people, is it? Because they're yeah. working all day. And That's why I don't PT as late anymore. Because I used to PT at like eight o'clock at night and I stopped yeah. doing it because one, I struggled to sleep and then I'd be PTing first thing in the morning. Uh, but also I noticed my clients were, so the latest I've PT yeah. up to now at latest is eight o'clock now. Like my last one's at seven, maybe I half. Mean, I think yeah. if, you, if, you, if you are going to exercise late, because that's the only time you've yeah. got, then you I get think to have you downtime. just have to work a hell of a lot more on your winding down. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to focus on that a lot more than maybe others would if you're going to exercise Absolutely, late. Absolutely, yeah. um, Napping during the day, we talked about that, didn't we? Um, yes. Yes, you can catch up if you nap during the day but try and avoid doing it after 3 p.m because you might find it harder to fall asleep later um there is an optimum amount of sleep i think which is 
I haven't written it down, so I can't honestly remember off the top of my head. I've got something like it'd be round about half an hour, I think. Yeah, I've I've always seen very too early. So if you're going to have a sleep during the day, set your alarm. Yes, I don't sleep. Don't I, do. I mean, I, I very rarely do it because I don't always feel great. Um, but I would set my alarm for say forty minutes. That gives you sort of five ten minutes for a sleep, half an hour sleep, and then wake up. And another good tip for that, if you do it is to have a cup of coffee, as long as it's not late, I've heard of this. Before you go to sleep, because caffeine, it takes about half an hour after you've drunk your coffee. I've done that. It does work really but well. Caffeine yeah, I used to so do in that. an ideal world, you'd have your half-hour little nap and you'd wake up, the caffeine kicks in, and all's good in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, I have tried that. I know people have, and that works well for them. Any other tips, Kate? Um, the relaxing before bed, which I think we've mentioned, so basically try not to over schedule your whole day so that you end, don't end up with enough time in the evening um a hot bath is another one yeah because apparently it brings your temperature down doesn't it when you come out the bath it or, sh- or shower you've the, yeah you've got the initial sort of relaxation of actually having a bath and relaxing and slowing down and then when you get out of the bath your temperature drops because it's compensating for the hot bath and that drop in temperature can make you feel sleepy yeah, that's it. Because they say you've got to have a good temperature and you to go sleep. It's yeah, like a bit colder. Yeah, a double bonus on that one. Um, daylight. Yes. Work sheep. I'll mention that again anyway. Um, having make, sh- make sure you get your daylight in during the day because it regulates your sleep quite obviously. You know, I mean, in, a, in an ideal world, we'd wake up with the sun and we'd, we'd go to sleep when the sun goes down. But that obviously doesn't always work that way. No. But, um, at least 30 minutes a day, at least. Yeah, I do have my shift workers, even the night yeah. shift workers. This time of year is easier because they'll come home in the light, so at least they're getting some natural light. Because uh, yes. obviously they're I think sleeping. They say the morning is the ideal time, so an hour of exposure in yeah. the morning is your best bet. And it um, wakes you up as well, really well. That's why I do my morning yes. walks to actually perk me up a little yeah. bit. And if you can't wake up with the sun in the morning, then try, then ha- see if you can just get bright light. So when you do wake up, all the lights on yeah yeah you think it wouldn't work well it does because it's just it your brain doesn't really know the difference no that's why you're um, supposed to have a light in the evening because it thinks yeah. it's still sunlight <laughs> um yeah so about an hour in the morning is ideal it helps you release uh, cortisol doesn't it in the morning your stress hormone on yes. purpose doesn't it if and then light turn the lights down in the evening the reverse dim everything then do it that way um it was on the focus sheet, but I just mentioned it again about not lying in bed awake. Yes. Um, I didn't we... realise this, and it actually makes a big difference. So if after 20 minutes you're not sleeping, then get up and do something relaxing until you feel sleepy yeah. and then go back to bed. Because what ends up happening is you're just going to get more and more anxious because you can't sleep. And then that, you know, plays into it even more and you're finding it even harder to fall asleep. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Yeah, I still um, give that homework to people. I think that was everything. That that's on top of the ones in the focus sheet. Yeah. So your relaxing routine before bed. So, you know, we're all different. We all like different things. You've got to experiment, music, haven't you? Reading, whatever, yeah, whatever kind of works for you, I guess. Avoiding caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, yeah. that kind of thing. Um caffeine can take eight hours to wear off. Yes. Completely. Yes. For so some and, think about that when and you some people are more time. tolerant than others like I'm very sensitive to caffeine, so I can go yeah. to tea in the evening, I find. That's okay for some reason. But coffee... Not as much caffeine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, coffee's about... I mean, I double scoop mine now because of training. <laughs> so I'm probably getting about 150 milligrams. And the average cup of coffee is between 70 and 90. Depends who you buy from, if you're drinking out as yeah. well. There is actually fact sheets out there about who's got more coffee. I think Food Unwrapped did it. Um, but yes, I'm always wary of how much I have. Even energy drinks, I just won't touch any yeah, after drink, two yeah. o'clock, apart from tea and maybe naturally caf- uh, um, uncaffeinated um, hot drinks. Yeah. Um, alcohol, yeah, tends to make you fall asleep easier. Yeah. But Und- it's very disturbing. You a deep sleep because your body's so busy trying to process it. Yeah. I can't sleep on alcohol. Deep sleep. No. I'm and saying, then you'll probably yeah. wake, up, wake up when the alcohol wears off. Yeah, so, you do. Yeah. Um, large meals, we talked about eating before, yeah, bed, didn't we? We um, did, yeah. Dark room, cool room, gadget free room, that's in the focus sheet. So it's yeah. basically about re- removing distractions and making everything as comfortable as you can, basically. I mean, that'd um, be a good, you're speaking of that, that'd be a good mini challenge for a lot of people to go gadget free, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. 
I'm disciplined enough to put my phone on silent, silent and not touch it again. I am like that. But I know some people now opted to have alarm clocks back in their room and move their phone to where they get dressed and they put it on top of their clothes ready. Um, I know a lot of people who've done that and it's made yeah. such a difference because even things like, if I'm on my phone too much, for example, on the weekend, because um, I feel like almost it wastes my time scrolling, it makes me feel a bit anxious. So I've even opted for things like when my battery's a bit low, I live on charge and it's out of my reach actually. So I can mm. go for hours without my phone. I tend to leave it downstairs in the kitchen. So it's, you, you yeah. do, I just can't grab it anyway. So even when I'm in the lounge... I know, house, trying to get hold of you. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not bad. Thing. So that'd be a yeah, cool challenge for most of it's, you. Just it's just temptation, yeah. isn't it? It's just keeping it out of the way. That'd be a cool challenge for a lot of you. I know one of you yeah. put that down as homework, as your uh, daily non-negotiable. So I have like so much time away from your phone. And I like that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, definitely going gadget free as you've put it out the room. I think that's a really cool idea. So not even yeah. consoles or nothing, just a plain paper book, maybe a journal, something like that. So what, yeah. we'll, what we'll do now, I'm going to give you what I've tried and what works for me. You can tell me what works for UK. Just give you guys a bit of an idea. And what we you, you could do this week is an experiment, but stick at it for quite some time to see if it mm. does work. A night isn't enough. You've got to try at least no. two weeks. Try at least two weeks doing it. And you might then need to change things around. It just depends because we're all different. We yeah. All, yeah. So we've what? Gotta... Yeah. Well, I mean, what? Sorry. No, you're right. <laughs> what do you do? It's a Zoom delay, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've only got four minutes. So, right. So my sleep routine is how I do mine. So eight o'clock at night, if clients try to get hold of me, I do not reply back. It's nothing personal. It's because I need downtime. I don't even reply back to a lot of my friends after that time. And they know it's because either I'm going to be getting off to sleep if they want to get hold of me, they have to try my partner because she's still on her phone. But then she hasn't got a business to run off her phone, so it's not stressful for her. Uh, but yeah, no, ideally no phone after eight o'clock or latest. If I'm, I'm I'm not answering or working, but I'm just scrolling like you do. Because I don't scroll much in the day because I'm working. I'll scroll to about half eight. You know, I'm a consumer. That's what I do. Um, and then I come off the social media completely and I will flip my phone side down. It's on silent then. I've even logged me watching too because I know some of you are tracking your steps and log it into it. So I do that as soon as I'm sitting down because I'm not going to do many more steps. Um, when I uh, Also, I drink a hot drink. My favourite's Camel tea. So I actually enjoy that before bed. Not everyone's taste. I get that. So you can find a hot drink that suits you. But I find a hot drink's quite nice. Like you say, it must help with the temperature perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so I have a Camel tea. Uh, we wish we don't watch anything too high active before bed, which is why I don't watch SAS on a Sunday night. Because uh, one, it's on nine till ten, which is when I read, and if I, that means then not going to sleep till eleven, which is too late for me when I've got to be up at half past five. So I can stop that. I will feel like crap. I need to feel good for a Monday. Um, so we watch it in the daytime on a Tuesday normally because I work all day Monday. So me and my partner watch it on a Tuesday in the daytime, and it pumps me up for boot box size boot camp, yeah. uh, which you found out last week. Um, so that's what we tend to. And I go up and I read a paper book. I don't go on my phone. We have low dim lights on. Um, I'm just so I don't go to sleep at nine. I'm up reading. I'll read for maximum. If it's about quarter to ten, I put the book down, which normally I'm falling asleep by half nine. So because the book's getting good, I get carried away reading it. But I do have a limit of quarter to ten, the book goes down, I go toilet, I go sleep. That's my personal routine. Even even when I'm off work, like say Friday, turn out Friday, I was knackered, so I just fell asleep actually after we did one rep maxis. <laughs> I was beat because yeah. I've been PT. Well, for... we all were, weren't we? After one rep maxis yeah. and then dinner out. Well, was... we've been working and then but all of us had... And then, like I say, yeah, we trained. We've walked to and from the gym as well. Uh, and then, yeah, we went out for a meal. So, yeah, I was wiped. So I was ready for sleep anyway. So what's your routine, Kate? What works for you? Well, I'll be honest. I'm probably not the best person <laughs> to speak to about this. But um, for me, like we were saying, I will leave my phone out of the way. Yeah. My phone will be actually be downstairs at some point. Maybe on the weekend, I'm kind of probably on it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, I think we all are. Um, but... Yeah, the majority of the time, at some point in the evening, I'll I'll leave the phone downstairs. Now, I do watch TV before bed. Okay. Yeah, I know you, you fall asleep there, don't you? We do have a TV in our room, and I will I will fall asleep with the TV on. But what I'm what I am trying to do is have more evenings where I don't, where I go to bed and we leave the TV off completely. Um, generally, because of what I do during the day. And because of my age and menopause and that, I think linking it all together, I generally feel ready for sleep. Yeah. Evenings. Do you find I because you, yeah, 
because you've got a regular routine, haven't you? Sorry, go on. No, you carry on, sorry. Yeah, um, I think it's generally because of that. I think um, as I've got older, um, and I'm probably doing I'm probably doing more activity now than I probably ever have done. Yeah, I'd say. So generally speaking, I I'll almost say I don't need much of a wind down. I, I yeah, tend to be that's fine. If you have no issue, quite sort of relaxed. That's fine. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, some nights, Kate, where I go to bed about reading, so I'm at wiped. I just fall asleep yeah, anyway. Yeah. And I'm quite relaxed before I go to sleep as well. Hmm. I mean, having said all of that, I do wake up several times during the night. I don't toss and turn during the night. I tend to wake up. Yeah. Um, but I do fall back to sleep. You do say that's right. normal, though, because that's your yeah. REM and it's basically your senses are as alert as you are awake. Because I was worried yeah. about that. I listened to a podcast, uh, The Food Medic. So she gets people on who are actually qualified. So she was a qualified sleep specialist on. And so it's completely normal. And a lot of people don't know that and get anxious because they keep waking up. And then they don't go back to sleep because they're anxious. Whereas, because yeah. like she said, basically, as long as you can get back to sleep, it's fine. Which I'm like you. I will wake up a little bit, especially now it's lighter because my brain's like, oh, it's getting yeah. lighter. So it's time to get up nearly. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I think the trick for me is that if I do wake up in the night, as I say, there are the odd times when I might struggle to get back to sleep. But more often than not, I will go back to sleep. But the trick is not to look at the clock. Yeah. And a lot of people do, oh, I woke up at this time. Why are you looking at the clock? Just have an alarm yeah. set. So, yeah. so I have to turn it yeah. around. Yeah. And then kind of part of me used to think if I wake up in the night and then I look at the alarm clock and it's like two, three in the morning, I'm like, yes. Yeah. But I've got a good few hours left to go. Whereas if I look at the clock and it's like five, I'm like, oh, you like to spend points. Well, one of my, yeah. I mean, before we get your brain going when it shouldn't. So, yeah, turn your alarm clock round. That's one last tip I'll give actually before we go off, um, which I give a lot of my clients. So there's a guy I was recording his sleep because he used to have to get up like he used to wait nights or he used to get up at like two o'clock in the morning or something. It's I think he worked for a brewery, so it was a case of they get deliveries very early in the morning. So he'd go to bed very early, get up and go sort the deliveries out so it's ready for like six o'clock in the morning and he'd just stay awake. And he said, There's no chance, I always wake up this time now. He goes, Are you looking at the clock? We go up, yeah. Do you have to look at the clock? Oh, I just have to know my but is it helping? He's like, mm, probably not actually. So eventually, it's it took us a year for him to stop doing it. Yeah. But eventually, most nights he stops looking at his clock, and he now sleeps from ten till five in the morning, which yeah. he never could do. He was waking up at like he'd go to bed at nine or eight o'clock early because he's struggling, and he'd wake up one to a clock and could not get back to sleep. Whereas mm. now he sleeps ten till five. All he does in his little food, and he's because he has a little sleep journal, which you guys could keep by your bed, which is one way to do things and to unload, brain dump everything onto a piece of paper yeah. before you go to sleep. That's always a good tip as well if you're a very high stress person or a high stress job, or you need to make lists because some people like doing that's very therapeutic. So you could do that in bed if you don't want to read. But yes, like you just said there, I think Percy looking at a clock is probably one of the worst things you could do. When people go, I've got one clock, goes, oh, well, I just know when to get up. I'm like, well, if you're looking at a clock to check, you obviously you don't know when to get up. So I'm like, set an alarm. So if you fall back, I, I do. I, I mean, even when it's light, because it could be far past three, four, I know, when I see it's light outside. So I just go back to sleep. You mm. know, I, I roughly yeah. know. Me, I roughly know when it is nearly half five because our hot water kicks in and I can hear right. it. And it comes on about half an hour if I have to wake up. So I know I'm going to be drifting out for half an hour. But if I'm quite awake, I'll just get up. I'll just get up anyway because I've had enough sleep. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say... Thing I yeah. would just add, sorry, now. No, go for it. Yeah, is we were talking about menopause and things like that. And if you've got the symptoms and things of menopause, then about going to get it checked out. Because one of the things for me was um, I did get disturbed sleep. Yeah, you so did. I, I remember you say night sweats a lot and that sort of thing. And I'd also get, um, you know, that sort of dead leg, irritable, restless leg type thing. I used to get that a lot, and yeah, night sweats and things like that. So that makes any other menopause symptoms you have during the day twice as bad when you can't sleep. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm I'm now taking HRT. Appreciate it's not, you know, the right thing for everyone, maybe, but that has definitely sorted my sleep out and those symptoms at night. I've gone. It outweighs the negatives, doesn't it? I think HRT for you. And I'll be honest, guys. Yeah. I know, I know it's off subject, but if it's if it is the treatment that would suit me when I go through menopause, and hopefully by the time I will go through menopause, that the treatments are better actually and recognised, are not misdiagnosed mm. like they all are at the moment for other things. Yeah. Because uh, some of you may have watched the Venus program, which I thought was brilliant. I think it really highlighted how misdiagnosed and how swept under the carpet it is, and. It's frustrating, but do push. 
to get the right treatment you know get yeah. second opinions because sleep is so vital if you are struggling to sleep because of menopause symptoms don't even think go oh, on being brave just leaving it like no go and get it sorted mm. you guys are in this group because you like being active you want to have a healthier yeah. fitter stronger life anything like that go and get help for it you've come to yeah. us for help for your health and fitness which we can specialize in that but we're not going to cure your menopause we're not going to cure, cure yeah. you insomnia I mean, you've got insomnia go and sort of get sorted things you can you can go to for sort of helping you sleep if it's menopause related but i wouldn't it's, it isn't something you can rely on and I certainly no. you know definitely don't go down sleeping pill route or anything like that there's just too many I think there's too many health implications for yeah. that sort of thing and it, and it and end of the day it doesn't solve the problem exactly just masking it yeah so, and, and like we just said yeah. though the sleep like me and Kate talk about our sleep routines we're both completely different because we're both one we're different ages as well two different habits as well of our days and how we sleep and obviously Kate's got kids and I haven't so it's that as well which affects it so be your own scientists experiment and find what will work but you have to stick at it to know it works if you try five different methods in five days you're not going to find the right thing you've got to persist with it to see if it's right uh you know like for me i like reading the book kate she can just hit the pillow she's fine so that's all we want you to do this week guys there'll be there'll be a thread up later for you to put in your what you're going to try this week or maybe your sleep hygiene's fine so share away with what you do already with others to help them out as well now, some of you might be like, this is the last one which someone did ask before I go off, is um, what to do if you do struggle with sleep? Like, do I just stay in bed, at least rest? And I'm like, yeah, at least get your body in the mindset of this is bedtime, this is the sleep routine, you know, and stay in for that time to at least relax. If you don't sleep, if you have to put a relaxation mm. podcast on, I know Headspace and Mind and Calm have sleep ones. You know, you can look up, this sounds so wrong, adult stories we mean adult bedtime stories not the rude ones we mean actual like um you know like a, a bedtime uh what's the word story yeah for like you would for it's kids story, but yeah. it basically it's very monotone voice supposed to be relaxing very descriptive yeah. to all you to sleep so even if you're not able to sleep even things like that might help uh throughout your sleep mm-hmm. too that's all we've got time to talk about today so lots of nuggets there for you we'd love to hear what you guys are going to try out this week or what you already do and yeah, Hopefully by the end of the challenge, if this is something that massively helps and improves everything else in your aspects of life, we'd love to hear about that. Yeah, it'd be really good to hear about people who've managed, if, if you've managed to sort of turn around your sleep. Exactly. Yeah, it's a massive win because you can always put that down as a goal if you think, actually, that's something I need to work on. I'm going to add that as a goal throughout yeah, this. I think a lot of sleep as part of their goals, so that's quite Yeah, good. I've seen that and I like that they've done that. So anyway, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you live for the workout this week. I think it's leg day. Yeah, it's leg day. It's pumping up the pins. It's my turn. So we'll see you then. Take care, guys. And don't forget to send your check-ins. Thanks, guys. Bye.